it's uh, it's one of the rare instances where I'm starting the podcast this week. You're very adamant. Um, yes. No. I I've been watching a lot of movies over the last few days because I have taken a little bit of an extended weekend. It's been nice. But what was not nice was um, my theater-going experience. When I went to see a particular movie, I won't say it yet because um, it's part of the story. Um, so I'm just gonna, uh, we're just gonna, you know, just sit down, relax, and listen to me bitch for about ten minutes. And I can't wait for your take because I bet it's you're. I I'm not wrong. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So I, you know, get to the theater a little a little early by a little early, like five minutes before previews start. And, you know, I'm there. Everyone who I know, who I'd seen, who'd already pre-ordered seats is in the theater. So generally, that usually means for an earlier showing, no one else is probably coming in. Um, boy, was I wrong. Um, so, in comes a young couple and a child. Um, and I knew immediately that I was fucked. One, because the child was already, like, saying something loud walking in. And and two, because the movie that I was seeing was Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is rated R, and this was a two-year-old child walking into the theater. Oh, my God. So I'm immediately like, oh, fucking Christ, help me, Jesus. What the fuck's going on? Why is this child in this movie? Like, this, I didn't even know you were allowed to do this. This is crazy. But it gets worse. Uh, well, I guess first it's not it doesn't start off terribly. So I'm just sitting there while previews are going, and then one of the one of the previews ends. I hear like something behind me, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" They have like the kid has like a fucking tablet and is like watching some baby animated shit. Oh my! With the God. volume up, and I'm like, "Okay, maybe they're just trying to, you know." keep the kids' attention as long as they can through the previews. Who cares? Whatever. I, I don't I don't really care. Um, but I was wrong because I still heard it once the movie had started. Um, so there's that. Yeah, there's one factor of it. Factor two, the kid's just screaming like every five minutes. At best. And I'm like, what the fuck are we, what are we doing here? What the fuck is going on? What the, what the actual fuck is going on that this kid is just screaming every like five minutes or a couple times every, what, huh? So I'm just, you know, trying to muscle through, just watch the movie. I'm not going to get up and tell what the fuck are you doing? Cause I'm in a movie and I'm a little bitch and I'm not actually going to, you know, promote conversation i'm trying to actually watch the movie you know what i'm there to do um but this goes on like the whole fucking movie where this kid's just like yelling and then eventually at some point in the movie i hear the tablet again because they couldn't get the kid to shut up so they just turn the tablet back on and i'm like oh fucking christ but even if, if it was just that it'd be like okay one you're just terrible parents for bringing your child to this movie like what the fuck's going on but it, the the part that I think made it even worse for me is that at multiple times during the movie, the kids just get up and running down the aisle behind me because they were it was a really small theater, so there were really only like two lines of seats up 
if, if you like if you walk in and you're on the main level and there's usually not even any seats there there are only two levels of seats or rows of seats so this kid's just running back and forth smacking the the little like median in between throughout the entire fucking movie and there were a bunch of there's only one guy in my row and but there were like five other people additional people behind me I don't know how nobody said anything to this this couple the entire time. And then when the movie ended, they just walked out like it was nothing. The kid's still just like screaming. It was unfucking believable. I I I after it was over and I got in my car, I was like, oh my God, my head hurts from listening to that child scream <laughs> the entire time. Throughout the entire movie. It's a two and a half hour movie. Like, oh. Oh my God. Okay, there it is. So I wanted to become that, bring that to you and go, what's the worst movie theater experience you've ever had? Fuck's sake, dude. Nothing that bad. I I want to believe that I would at least, like, you know, just like you, I wouldn't get up and say anything. Uh, but I, I would like to believe at the very least I would get up and say, I'm not doing this, and then go get a refund for my ticket. Except, you know, movies are normally like... Yes, I'm going at this time because I can do this and take care of this after, and I don't want to do this tomorrow. So it's like, when, the, when else am I going to go see it? But Yeah. Oof. Well, and my other thing was, too, I, I could, I could, I don't know. I was trying to rationalize some of it, but it was, too, the main reason I didn't do that was because, like, well, I really don't want to have to change whatever plans I have the next two days that I have off. I'll just try and muscle through this. And at the other part of it, I was like, this is a rated R movie. What the fuck is a child doing here? What is going, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I guess Bringing, when they're that young, like the movie didn't have any shocking imagery. So anything they were going to say probably wasn't going to like be that impressionable. But I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. Well, the other thing, and now I don't, this, not that this means, I'm not even actually, I'm going to keep that little bit of it out of it. But, um, because it's a, Detail that means nothing to the overall story. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when we're done. <laughs> Again, that doesn't impact anything. But yeah, uh, all that being said, though, everything, everywhere, all at once. Very good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I cannot wait to watch it again and actually, you know, be fully immersed <laughs> <laughs> in some of the really cool concepts that uh, that movie explored. Um. But I know you've seen you'd seen it previously before I did. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit before recording. But I was curious what your overall thoughts of it were. Um, well, I guess before we dive into that, I do have one movie experience I would like to share in relation. Um, oh, okay, I'm jumping the gun. Uh, it's all good. When I and I I I feel like I'm. I mean, you know, we've done this is the 65th episode, so you know maybe I said this before on the podcast, but fuck you. When I went to go see <laughs> Blade Runner 2049, um, it was like, it was opening weekend. I don't think it was opening night, but it was opening weekend. So the theater was fairly full. You know, people were out to see Blade Runner, right? I fell asleep. I fell asleep during oh, no. Jared Leto parts of Blade Runner, uh, which has nothing to do with the theater experience. I just like pointing out that Jared Leto put me to sleep, but it was college and I wasn't sleeping yeah. that well. Uh, Luckily, the, the movie viewing experience itself was fine. No, no hitches there. The The issue here is when the movie was over, uh, I heard behind me a man stand 
and I heard him blow a raspberry at the screen. Do you know what a raspberry is? Are you familiar? Okay, yes. So, yes. so for everyone's not, I don't know how popular the nomenclature is. It's when you stick your tongue out and do like a, right? He did that in the theater before anyone else had a chance. The, the house lights had just come up and he stood up and blew a raspberry at the screen. Not only that, I turn around at this point and I see he's got his like arm extended fully and his thumb pointed down like a fucking Roman emperor judging the movie for everybody else. And not even, oh. the, I mean, it gets worse. So I'm there with a, I'm oh, there with no. a group of people, right, with with some friends, um, including um, one of my best friend's sister's boyfriend. This is important. Nice. I go to the bathroom. I come out of the bathroom. They're gathered in a circle talking about the movie, except they have picked up a hitchhiker. It is, it is the man that was booing the movie. He has joined the circle, and he is talking about the movie with them. I come to find out oh, this man has been floating from group to group telling people how much he didn't like the movie. And, like, it makes sense because the dude is fat and old and kind of bald, and the thing he was just saying was like, oh, you gotta watch the original. This was nothing like the original. Except now that he got to this group, my friend's sister points to her boyfriend and says actually the original is his favorite movie of all time and he really liked this version to which the guy just like threw his hands up said ah and then walked away to fucking proselytize another group about how much he doesn't like the new generation i guess like where the <laughs> fuck do you get off having that much of an ego trip that you're just gonna accost random strangers and tell them their opinion is wrong for liking a movie go fuck yourself honestly what a miserable shithead it's like that. Um, uh, like, what are the what are the commercials where it's like don't end up like your parents? Oh yeah, the guy commercials. And they're, and they're in the theater, and she's try and he's, she starts clapping, and he goes, "No, no one who made the movies in the theater." <laughs> <laughs> I love those commercials. They're actually good. Yeah, they're pretty it's, funny. It's a good campaign, man. I just man, <laughs> so many old people just like. I, I have come to use the descriptor miserable because it's like they're unhappy and they can't stand that anybody else can be happy and they got to tell other people why they shouldn't be happy, you know? That's going to be us, though. I don't want it that's, to that's, be. Mine will be all in jest. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be saying it completely ironically. Not, like, seriously, like that. I would never go to groups of people I don't know and tell them why something sucked. I do that here. That, that's the thing, too, though, is, like, he didn't have any points. He didn't have any opinions. He was just like, this was bad. Watch the first one. He just kept saying, this is nothing like the first one, which I feel like is objectively false. It was a lot like the first yeah. one. <laughs> Like I, it and became I clear one very quickly that he just didn't seem to like this because it wasn't the first one. Piss me off. Yeah, that's that's something, <laughs> man. See, like if I was if I was that guy, I would have stood up in my movie experience and said, "Would you control your fucking child or leave the theater?" And then they would have probably gotten in a fight, with me, <laughs> which is why I didn't say anything yeah but also like holy shit the amount of patience everyone else in that theater had to not like 
say I think it comes back to like when you go to the movies that is the last thing I would ever fucking expect to have happen that a child at a rated R movie and then doing nothing to try and keep the child quiet other than shushing the child whenever he would like make a lot of noise I'm like okay great yeah awesome <laughs> you're dope thank you and this was so th- this uh, was like Sunday right yeah it was yesterday so not even <laughs> not even like a weekday where like it was a 12 the first showing of the day of everything everywhere all at once because like I could almost see like not not that this uh like absolves them of anything for it but I could I could see where like if they both had a day off in the middle of the week and they think if we go to an early enough weekday show and we can take the kid because we can't afford a babysitter and he can just kind of be a shithead and hopefully won't bother anybody. And I I guess yeah, early I, Sunday is maybe kind of the same thing, but again, that doesn't really excuse it. No, it oh, it, it was... I, I just would... He, it's the type of kid that I know anytime they walk, that family walks into a restaurant, every waitstaff and everyone in that restaurant hates that family because they don't, that kid's just going to be screaming the entire time they're in the restaurant. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry, but like your kid can't control himself at all for any amount of time. Like, I know he's like two, so that's why he can't. But like, why the fuck are you bringing a two-year-old to a movie theater? That's not a children's movie. I it blows my mind. The, the, the just the, to be that unself-aware. Oh yeah, you should have got your money oh. back. I should have. At least, at least I probably could have said something in movie. there. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, look, I want to be here. I want to give you money, but like, can we both agree that this is ridiculous? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, the movie was still really good. I'm glad you were still able to enjoy it. Yes, it was, uh, I think, one of the, I, I love seeing, I, I this was a Western movie, right? Um, but, or, or like, I don't know if that's a proper, like a Western-ish take, not, no, it's not Western, but, but a foreign, a movie about a foreign family or someone who's not from the U.S., um, like how we've been getting a lot of Korean movies recently that, you know, they, they, they take on, there's a lot of subtleties of what that culture is. That is the center point around a lot of the main major themes, mostly their family themes of like different family dynamics and how the family dynamics affect the family interactions, that sort of thing. That's kind of the root of, Everything, everywhere, all at once, strangely enough, even though advertising-wise, it's like, you know, universe jumping. But I I really like we're getting more movies that are tackling those sorts of things just because it's refreshing. It's I'm tired of seeing the Western family and ideological approach to storytelling. It's, it's very refreshing to get other cultural viewpoints on how they would attack certain major themes that is just different than how a lot of American views are. Well, yeah. And I I will say that the directing duo that does the movie Daniels, um, one of them, Daniel Kwan was born in Massachusetts, but he is a Chinese American, which is where I assume the insight for the family dynamic comes from. 
but they are yeah. both American Western directors and writers. So, so you are right about that. Yeah. Um, if you were not aware, have you seen Swiss Army Man, their first feature film? Oh, they. I have not seen it, but I didn't know that they made that as well. I've always wanted to see it. I just missed it when it was in theaters and just have never gotten around to watching it. Yeah. So based on that and everything everywhere, which are their only two like feature release films, um, very fucking strange directors, but in the way that, you know, there is meaning to all of their weirdness, especially so in everything everywhere. Like, for as insane as the visuals can get, as crazy as the concepts are, it, it's very easy for someone that doesn't exactly understand what's going on to shrug and say, wow, weird Asian stuff. But there really is meaning to all of it, which makes it refreshingly weird because none of it is weird for the sake of being weird. It's all an instrument. It's all meticulous in that way. And it feels incredibly refreshing. Because yeah. I, I get yeah. I get annoyed when some people will look at an anime, for instance, or a Japanese game show, and they'll just say, WTF Japan, so fucking weird. And it's like, sure, but that's really diminutive, and you're taking away all of the artistry involved for the sake of being a shithead and making an overplayed joke, you know? Yeah. Which I guess is also kind of the same thing that, like... I, I was actually, I was listening to the Always Sunny podcast today, and they were talking about a very similar thing where um, when they, like, read reviews or recommendations online where somebody is talking about Always Sunny, um, they might say things like, Always Sunny isn't for everyone, or it's really good because uh, it's really gross and, like, really crazy. And it's like, sure, I guess those things are true, but it's really missing the point. And by missing the point and telling people your missed point, you are turning them off of watching something that they might actually enjoy. Yeah. And I mean, that, that you can extrapolate that to just any media. Yeah, because that's always <laughs> been my issue with calling something the Dark Souls of anything, because it just focuses on one aspect that people might not like about the game and then not give a genuinely good series a chance. Uh, and for me, I do that with, recommending any sort of like movie or show is uh i've gotten past saying i really liked it i thought this was amazing you should watch it and framing it a little bit more of like i think it's something worth watching you should check it out like framing it in a way that makes it approachable to anybody um and not set standards that's a little bit different but I mind what I do more is like I don't want to set standards of something to be really good or really bad so that you someone comes into it with a certain bias. But I, they're still kind of like in the same realm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, also, just as a fun fact, uh, I haven't seen the music video, but uh, Daniels actually did also direct the music video for Turn Down for What. Really? Yeah, isn't that weird? That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, as always, Interesting. I'm, I'm super glad that A24 exists and they give directors like this a chance to, like, flex their auteur muscles. Because I think Daniels is a duo to keep an eye on. 
Which, like, I don't know. I feel like I, I almost sing the praises of A24 too much because sometimes their stuff is kind of shallow. It's it's very art house. It's it, it feels indie, but on a budget because A24 is a name that can actually distribute films. Uh, but but I'm I'm like slowly building a pantheon of directors that seem to work with A24. I, I think we both are because uh, I mean, we definitely share Ari Aster and Robert Eggers. Uh, and now I've got yes. Daniels in there. <laughs> and like, yeah, these are directors and writers that I, I want to see all of their stuff because I thought that even if they had some missteps with execution, what they're doing is so genuinely interesting that I think that at least some of them are going to come out the other side as being the Tarantino of our generation. Hopefully. I think, I don't know, I say you say that, but I was like, I don't think that'd be Eggers just from his, he'd be more of the, um, oh, oh, what's his name? He had, who did Licorice Pizza. Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, he's more in the Paul Thomas Anderson thing where he just does weird type movies, but also, like, well, that's not really true. The Lighthouse is really the only, like, weird. <laughs> well, yeah, one. I mean, I didn't say Tarantino um, for any particular style choice, but just, like, if, in regular conversation, oh, okay, if okay. I want to point and say that is an auteur director, that is somebody that has a distinct style that every person knows when you look at a movie, that's a Tarantino. Same thing with Wes Anderson, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I'd say Eggers is on his way for that because, I mean, the cinematography he uses in all of his movies now are is like, it's it's the same. It's this um, or like, oh my god, I'm I'm forgetting every director ever. <laughs> um, who just the most recent one is French Dispatch. I think that is Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. See, that's why I get confused with Paul Thomas Anderson and Wes Anderson. You know, like, where Wes Anderson, you just know it's a Wes Anderson movie because the dialogue's quirky and it's weird cuts and it's very bright. The whole movie uh, looks like a diorama, pastel colors. Yeah, where Eggers is now got a very distinct shot that he uses that with having watched what I've seen all is he only had the three movies is it the witch the lighthouse and now the north I think so at least as far as like feature films but I will fact check that yeah real quick. with with seeing all three of those he uses a very distinct style of shooting shots and scenes um and it's really cool to now be like oh he like you said he could be one of those where it's like oh you see one of his movies and you know it because of how certain scenes are just shot yeah Oh, yeah, those are his only three movies. And to the point of being an auteur, I want to point out that for The Witch, he was the director and writer. He was not the producer. But for The Lighthouse and The Northman, he was director, writer, and producer for those movies. That makes sense because those two are very similar overall. Much more than, like, The Witch, you know, was similar, but I'd say was not to the level of, like, what he... uh, Tained in the lighthouse and then the northmen continued just is improving on what the lighthouse did mm-hmm. and that's a true just getting and back. to our point as well ari aster has only done uh two movies with a third coming out this year uh hereditary and midsummer he was director and writer on his new movie disappointment boulevard he is director writer and producer nice I don't think I've seen a trailer for that one yet. Is there a trailer? Uh, I, I don't know. 
Um, but they both have a few short films under their belt as well. So these are definitely people that, like, they're not new, but they are being given a shot, it seems like. Yeah. Oh, it's got Joaquin Phoenix. I'm in. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know how much more we want to say on everything everywhere. I definitely think it's worth seeing in a theater because it does a lot of big shit that's really cool to see done on the big screen um just know you might have a child screaming (laughs) through the entire movie and making you want to making your head want to explode (laughs) um but unless you have anything else i know i've also kind of hinted at it too i also saw the northman this weekend i know you haven't seen it yet but i did want to say that I, i think we discussed this too I understand why that movie hasn't been as much of a success at the box office as disappointingly as as disappointing as that is to me because I really enjoyed the movie. It's not really a after seeing it, it's like this just isn't a mass appeal movie. It doesn't have the things you would need for, you know, a boatload of people to just be like, yes, I, I have to see this because it's not a true like it's not like a movie version of Vikings, the TV show. It, it's yes, there's violence, but it's not like Game of Thrones level gore and all that shit. There's just a lot of violence, and it's a it's a traditional revenge story. But I definitely think people should go out and see it, um, because it's it, it was pretty entertaining. I hope to go out and see it tomorrow. We could maybe talk about it a little more next week or next time we record. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, so I, I was I was digging around in Wikipedia a little bit when you were talking about the Northmen, and uh, I I remember Ari Aster saying that his next movie was going to be a horror comedy, which already had me very excited. Uh, but supposedly, and maybe it won't end up this way after it's cut, but supposedly it's a four hour long movie. Oh my god. I would be so there for it. Can we can we bring back intermissions though? No, because that just means that the movie's 30 minutes too long. <laughs> Look, I I am an old man now <laughs> with a fragile body, which means when I go to the movie and I get past the ticket guy, I have to have an honest conversation with myself and say, "Do I care enough about this movie that I don't want to go to the bathroom in the middle of it?" And if the answer is yes, I don't get a drink. Yeah, see, I still had to go pee during everything everywhere. Yeah, I did I too. Goofed. That's why I got an app on my phone. I got an app on my phone called Run Pee. And the entire point of the app is to tell you good points during movies that you should leave and go to the bathroom. In fact, I showed you this <laughs> app when we that. went to see Eternals. Yeah, you did. I, I need to I might need to get that. Because we are old men with frail bodies. And the the Diet Coke, it just goes through me. It's just hard to go. If if I'm drinking anything before I go see a movie, like, I'm going to have to go pee in an hour, hour and a half. (laughs) It's just just nature. Uh, We did both also see the new Nick Cage movie. Uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Didn't we? I thought we talked about that already. Did we? I I don't think so. I don't think we could have. Maybe we just. Uh, I know we've talked about it, but I don't know if we talked on the on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's I don't good. Think there's a whole lot to say anyway. Like, I mean, if you no, it's 
if you fancy yourself a cage man, then yeah, see it. Which I'm not even, I can't even really say that. I've barely seen any of his movies, but it's one of the better action comedies we've had in a long time. It's very, it's just fun. Yeah, it is weird that like the comedy genre has kind of died and we are stuck with comedies being uh, sub-genres of other movies. Uh, But this movie, you know, kind of similar to Everything Everywhere, this movie is very meta about itself and its own execution. Where, like, even the characters, as they are... Very, very light spoilers. As they are writing their own movie, they're saying it should be about two guys, but then slowly morph into an action movie. And uh, Massive Talent does exactly that, where it's like... Uh, an almost two-hour movie, but it doesn't turn into an action movie until, like, an hour and 20 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, it's yeah, just like, funny. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I was going to say, I say action comedy, but it's, like, it's mostly a comedy, and then there's action at the end. So if you've, if you've been uh, thinking, you know, maybe I want to just watch something funny, then fucking Nick Cage has your back, boy. Oh, it's it's great. It's just, especially if you're a movie person anyway, it's that movie's for you. It's so yes, good. Yes, absolutely. And honestly, the biggest takeaway of the whole thing is that in, uh, at least for me, the biggest takeaway is that in the promotion cycle for the movie, Nick Cage did an AMA on Reddit. He didn't ask me anything. And he said that he thinks that Pig is the best work he's ever done. And so I feel vilified. Vilified? Vilified. Is that the right word? I think word? so. Let me, let me Google. Vilified. That, is it vilified mean like you've been made ba- the bad yeah, guy? You are correct. Vilify is the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> well, my opinion uh, I know is what, justified. Yeah, I, was, I know what you're trying to say, but... We've actually been man. See, I t- saw a boatload of movies this past week. This is just this is the movie catch up. I finally saw the Batman. And did you? That love was good. It? I liked it a lot. I was you didn't I mean, love say love it. it. I don't know what that means. I was like, this is a really good Batman movie. I really like you it. I want to see more. Like when it was over, I was like, I could have taken a four hour cut of this and it would probably been okay. We've probably gotten a better ending if it was an extra hour. Long. All right, I'll take that. Cause I felt like the ending, I, I the, the ending was just kind of like, we gotta end this, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just like lead to this QAnon shooting <laughs> scene. Yeah, fucking so yikes! I was like, this is this. What yeah, a fucking yikes! Niche. The back half of that movie is. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I uh, you know, I know that you you are constantly banging the drum that movies are too long, uh. And, and I will say that the Batman being a three-hour movie, you feel those three hours, but I didn't care. I don't even know. I, I didn't, not until, like, the final scene was starting was I like, oh, okay, this is, this. they're kind of dragging this a little bit. The first, like, two hours, I was like, wait, I've been here for two <laughs> hours? What? That was fast. Because I was, I, I, I was, I was just so locked into the style of it all. I was I was so yeah. there for it. Um, I I do I I have I don't want to spoil it too much because it's still fairly fresh and it's on HBO Max now, so you should go watch it. 
I have that's how I, I have it. concerns about where they're going to take it now that a sequel has been confirmed, but I'm not going to complain because this version of Batman and the aesthetic they're going for is like kind of exactly what I have wanted from a big screen Batman. And Robert Pattinson is fucking amazing as Bruce Wayne. At least like this version he, of Bruce Wayne that they want. He's amazing. Yeah, he except I did my one kind of gripe is that he just talks like this for the entire movie. <laughs> the entire movie. It's just three hours of this. And I was like, okay, this got a little old. Like <laughs> even when he's Bruce Wayne, he's still talking like this. And I'm like, okay, we get it. You're Batman. <laughs> my favorite thing, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying uh, in the run-up to the movie that he was going to be a very good Batman, but not a great Bruce Wayne. That's what I heard from, like, early screenings or first impressions out of it was like, yeah, he's really good Batman, and partly because there's not a lot of Bruce Wayne in the movie, he's not a great Bruce Wayne. Whereas Christian Bale was an amazing Bruce Wayne. Kind of oh, gets yeah. clowned on as Batman because of the throat cancer thing. Not to say he was a bad Batman. <laughs> Christian Bale's still great, and he's one of the, he he's one of the great actors. Not to diminish his performance, but um, this version of Batman was just like intentionally weird and off-putting, very leaning into the almost whiny goth uh, like uh, aesthetic of the character. But it works. I never found it annoying, and I I want more. I my favorite part, honestly, I think this might be my favorite, one of my favorite parts, not my favorite part, but was the uh the foreshadowing that they did near the end that you didn't catch on to that I told you about later, and how uh look forward to seeing a more traditional representation of Bane in the future, de- depending on how many movies we get in this series, because there's a thing that happens near the end where I was like, oh my god, oh my god, that's that's the Bane juice, that's the Bane juice. And, um, yeah, if we can get a much better version of Bane than what Dark Knight Rises gave us, which I will go on record saying is just an absolute shitty interpretation of Bane, I will be happy. Yeah, an opinion I agree 100% with. Yeah, Batman. Batman's good. And then the nightcap uh, of movies that we have both recently seen was we both finally sat down well one we got torchy's tacos for the first Hell time yeah. and oh lordy let me tell you was that almost a religious experience <laughs> for the both of us um and then we watched citizen kane i know it's only 80 years old and neither of us have watched it but um, hey, can i just point out real quick before you continue that we are <laughs> we are 26 year old men are you 27 I'm almost 28. Oh, fuck. Okay, we are late 20s men who went out and got tacos together and then came back home to our apartment. And then while, granted, we were in separate rooms watching the movie at the same time on different computers, we, we decided to spend effectively our Saturday night watching Citizen fucking Kane. And it was, it was pretty, it was good. It holds I was up. amazed at how... At how well it held up. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I mean, it's old. The acting is kind of fucking weird. I, I have to imagine that, like, it was a two-hour movie. Was that, like, super long for the time? Was that, like, was that an epic? I don't know. Uh, the, 
just some of the stuff for me, not, not even that looking at that point, which is how progressive some of the stuff or for, like predictive some of the concepts in that movie were and how like, like the whole concept of him becoming a, a newspaper tycoon is like, it's, we got to have a 24 hour news cycle. And I was like, oh my God, that's terrifying. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oof. And as you pointed out, the movie kind of just ends. Like, the movie just hits a wall because the movie didn't have much of a narrative, but it was like a yeah. series of tableaus because the whole thing was effectively a character study, which even now still felt kind of, I don't want to say fresh, but it was interesting. Like, we... Yeah, well, I mean... We, we both kind of went in and we were like, you know, maybe it is still good. I'm not going to say it's bad. But we're also not taking it super seriously. But like halfway through, we were both like, "Are you kind of into this?" <laughs> yeah, I was locked <laughs> in. I was like, I, "We were joking a little bit at the beginning, trying to get." Th- and then I was like, "There was like a good 30, 45 minute section where we just didn't say anything." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, we're we're in now." Granted, like the it, like the ending was meh. Like even even by today's standards. Or looking at it from today's standards, and even back then, I'm like, it just, yeah, it just ends. But that's mostly like to what you already said. There was not really a prevailing plot. Yeah, it was like literally <laughs> the who was quote the main character for the frame story. It was like go find out about the man, and then he goes and interviews people, and then he found out about the man, and he said, I don't know what Rosebud was. Oh well, roll credits, and then you find out, and you're like, well, that's just sad. <laughs> And then I was like, now, now, see, we're, we're we're saying this, and since this movie's eighty years old and is hailed as one of, if not the greatest movie of all time for a lot of people, uh, we could probably go like search why is Citizen Kane the greatest, and it'll like tell us why we're wrong and not picking up on like these minute details. Basically, like you know, if you go back and read uh, an old novel that you have to do in like literature class and interpret lines of text that probably the author never fucking meant to have but people have done that for citizen kane like that kind oh, of yeah. shit then yeah you know we're probably idiots and we don't know what we're talking <laughs> now, about at the end of but the day pure just oh go ahead sorry i was just from a pure watching it i was like that was an entertaining movie that still holds up and it's 80 years old crazy yeah. At the end of the day, we are still just a couple of snot-nosed millennial shitheads that can't sit through an entire two-hour movie without, without pulling our phones out, you know. What well, what do we know? Yeah. Yeah. But hey, good movie. But yeah, man, I've been watching a shitload of movies. <laughs> I, I can actually say that I recommend Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it. Now, granted, I after seeing it, I can confidently say that if you think that's the greatest movie of all time, you are wrong. And I will still, mine is still The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe if you are enough of a film scholar to know the moment that it was released, and and so you have, like, the full context of 1941 Citizen Kane, and, you know, like, effectively the movie version of adjusting for inflation. <laughs> maybe it is the greatest of all time. But there are better movies to watch now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree. I'm trying to see how long Casablanca was, because that came out the next year, and it is also a very good movie, which I've seen. I have seen okay, that. Okay, good. That because I was gonna up, say, I I don't. If you came to me and said, "Hey, do you want to watch Casablanca?" I don't know if I would have said yes. 
Oh, I don't know if I ever want to watch Casablanca again, but it it was good when I watched it. Why is it so hard to find out how long it got there? An hour 42. So about the same Okay, time. so so maybe things haven't really changed all that much. Hell, they were probably like, if we could make this three hours, we could, because no one's got anything else to do. <laughs> yeah, back then they had intermission, <laughs> damn it. Yep. Like, uh, fucking Gone with the Wind, right? That that's like an actually yep. really long movie. Um, you've been you've been talking about <laughs> like, you yep. want to kind of like go back and watch a bunch of old movies. Are we gonna make that a thing? Is that is that our Saturday now? I, oh, it could be. I might be watching Con Air tonight. Oh no, there's playoff basketball. <laughs> I don't know if I will. Shit. Boy, uh, Gone with the Wind is a four hour movie. I'm not watching <laughs> that. I've seen it. And I don't think I've seen it in one go, but I have seen the whole thing, and I don't care. Yeah, that's I fine. Just, it doesn't seem like it would be something that would interest me anyway. Ugh. Damn. Okay, so this is just up. The budget for Casablanca was like 900000 to a $1 million. And, <laughs> okay, why is this a range? In 1942, it made... Between at the box office, it made between three point seven and six point nine million. I don't know why it's such a Jesus. wide range, but that's a shitload of money for a movie to make in nineteen forty two. Welcome to the part of the podcast where we just Google stuff and tell each other the thing we Googled. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's our that's our movie roundup. Um, because I got nothing more to say on the movies. If you're the parents of that child, which I know you're not listening to this because I know you don't speak English, there's a hint. Um. Yeah. Please never take your child to a rated R movie ever again. <laughs> please. I know I know you will, but please just don't. For everyone in society that has to listen to that child just scream during a movie. P- please, do us all a favor and not take your child I can't again. believe Hayden is a raging racist. It's just facts. Jesus Christ. I'm just stating the fact. Okay, <laughs> shit. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, video game news. <laughs> cut that out. Cut that <laughs> cut out. That, cut that. Uh, all right, what, what do you have for James? No, don't. I'm not. I'm not afraid. What? What's the news? What? I don't know. What? Um. Why would you make the transition? Okay. I because I said a fucky wucky and I okay. just there's changed. only two things left that I think we have to talk about and I don't think we're really gonna spend that long on them. So I want to point out that the uh. So I, if we didn't talk about it, E3 has been canceled this year. They're not doing E3, but Xbox and Bethesda did just announce the date for what effectively would have been their E3 press conference, and that is going to be June 12th. I am curious Ooh. if other companies doing press conferences are going to announce it for the same weekend or if we're going to see it a little bit more spread out through the summer. Because I guarantee anybody that was going to do a summer showcase they're not going to not do one just because E3 isn't a thing. Uh, but, like, especially PlayStation, I wonder if they will do it at the same on the same day. If not at the same time, they won't. But wouldn't that be fucking crazy? No, they won't. That would be crazy, but they won't. They don't care enough at this yeah. point. Nintendo will do theirs, whatever. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo broke off and did, did their shit, like, two weeks after. But... Oh, they always have a, sh- a summer game showcase. Yeah, or but I'm just saying, like, I, I feel like if anybody was not going to do a proximity decision, it would be Nintendo. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, of course, since Bethesda is under Xbox, they are part of the Xbox showcase now. So other ones that I want to look forward to would be Devolver and Nintendo. 
Hell yeah. Um, I don't really. If Ubisoft decides to do one, I don't think I'd give a shit. No, I don't. Um, and anything that I would be interested in at the PC game show is probably just going to be at Devolver's anyway. Has Square Enix been doing their own thing? I think so. But I don't know because it's also one that I don't pay attention to. I only reason why I bring them up is because I'm looking at the headline that Square Enix has agreed to sell the Tomb Raider and Deus Ex Studios to Embracer for $300 million. Oh, uh, yeah. That is a thing that came out today. So that's interesting. Cool. Oh, I don't like that other headline. Square Enix says Embracer acquisitions allow it to invest more in the blockchain. <laughs> oh! uh. No! All right, moving on. What's this Netflix shit going on, huh? Bro, they, they're fucking dumb, dude. Uh, they, they're they just like, oh, God, oh God we, we're losing subscribers because our content's shit, but we can't admit that it's because our content is shit, so we're going to blame people password sharing. Yeah, it's been a rough week for Netflix. They've just, like, it It almost seems purposeful, the, the sheer dismantling they are doing of their own service. Because, like... It started innocuous enough. They were just like, we're going to cut down on password sharing, which, like, is not a popular decision and is not something I support, but is one that I can rationalize. Um, But then a bunch of people responded negatively and they started losing subscribers. And how did Netflix decide to respond to losing subscribers? Cutting a bunch of animated shows, which is just a yeah, baffling which decision. Arguably- Arguably some of the best content they've been putting out in recent years is their animated stuff. They literally said, oh, we don't have enough subscribers. Let's just make less content. Which I I, I guess, I don't know, is animation expensive? I don't know, Netflix. Look in the mirror and ask yourself how much money you paid Ryan Reynolds for a three movie. Better yet, Netflix, look in the mirror and ask yourself how much you paid Adam Sandler for a seven movie deal, you fucking chuckle fucks. <laughs> yeah maybe yeah maybe stop buying the rights to comey sign yeah you know that'll save you some money just get out of the anime game is what, is what we're really saying well i mean i'm not necessarily saying that i just wish they went in, like if they're gonna go in go all in don't just do the fucking amazon i've said this before on the podcast don't do the fucking amazon thing where like we're gonna selectively pick a couple shows that no one's gonna want to have to buy our service to watch so everyone's gonna pirate it anyway and 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 then on top of that do the netflix thing of like we will not release these day and date with the rest of the world we're gonna do the netflix thing and initially you'd have to wait for the whole season to be out before you could binge the whole thing now they're at least on some shows doing them weekly although for some dumb fuck reason with komi-san it's like three weeks behind where last season was two i uh Oh, it it hurts the brain, Chris. It hurts the brain. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's that's about all we have this week. Um, we probably could go a little bit longer, but you've got dinner to finish. I haven't showered yet. It's past seven, and uh, you got work tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't. No, we don't work. What? I have tomorrow off. What? Do you actually? Tomorrow's Tuesday. It's election day. Oh, okay. Well, you kept saying you took a four-day weekend, so I was just... Yeah, I took off yesterday and tomorrow. Four days. Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Well, yeah, but then that becomes a five-day. I just didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, well, regardless, I got shit I want to do. We're, we're pretty much there anyway. You fucking, you get what you get, okay? Hey, next time, though, that veggie tier list. I'm not doing a vegetable coming. tier list. <laughs> I'll rank a lot of things. I'm not ranking vegetables. I'm not going to sit here for five <laughs> minutes and tell you why carrots are better than a zucchini. I'm not doing it. You can't make me. I will, I will say rank that. fruit before I rank vegetables. You say that, and we're going to get to a point where we don't know what the fuck to talk about, and I'll be like, Chris. And I will still turn down the vegetable tier list. Uh, Look, if any of I'll, you, I'll get you if any of you 10 motherfuckers listening to this podcast wants me to rank vegetables, go to our podcast, drop a follow on Twitter, and send us a DM and tell me, yeah, I want to hear Chris yell about carrots for 10 minutes, and I will do it. That is my condition. At 100... At a hundred, if our Twitter account gets a hundred followers, we are doing a veggie tier. All right, I'll see you in episode two hundred and thirty-seven. Hey, this is all we needed. I'll I'll plug I'll plug my man Sasan. Be like, hey Sasan, <laughs> if you can get our Twitter account to a hundred, we will do a veggie tier list, <laughs> and he'll be like, fuck you, and not drop do a anything. fat dono. Our entire marketing budget two hundred dollars on Hassan's stream to say check out Healthy Obsession podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Oh, but he doesn't do dumb. Oh, bitch. All right, well, there goes our marketing budget. I do it on Pokemans. <laughs> I'd simp for Pokemon. <laughs> Imagine us setting aside money for okay. marketing. Okay, I need to go I need to go finish these tacos. All right, well, speaking of, uh, if you like what you heard, drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Tell a friend because you can still listen to us wherever you want. We should be on everywhere. Uh, Hayden, when we turn off these mics, I have to tell you something about Apple Podcasts because you're the one that handles that. Uh, follow us on okay. Twitter at Obsession underscore pod. Send me a DM at Obsession underscore pod if you want to hear me yell about carrots. And until then, we will see you in a fortnight. Fortnite.